In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. It had a perfectly round door like a porthole, painted green with a shiny yellow brass knob in the exact middle. The door opened onto a tube-shaped hall like a tunnel, a very comfortable tunnel without smoke, without paneled walls, and floors tiled and carpeted, provided with polished chairs and lots and lots of pegs for hats and coats. The Hobbit was fond of visitors. The tunnel wound on and on, going fairly but not quite straight into the side of the hill. The hill, as all the people for many miles round called it, and many little round doors opened out of it, first on one side and then on another. No going upstairs for the Hobbit. Bedrooms, bathrooms, cellars, pantries, lots of these. Wardrobes, he had whole rooms devoted to clothes. Kitchens, dining rooms, all were on the same floor and indeed on the same passage. The best rooms were all on the left-hand side going in, for these were the only ones to have windows, deep-set round windows looking over his garden, and meadows beyond sloping down to the river. This hobbit was a very well-to-do hobbit, and his name was Baggins. There. Just did it. Joey suggested that perhaps, if I were to record a podcast episode by myself, that I should read some of The Hobbit. Well, I just did. Here are my observations. Firstly, there's something about descriptions read versus seen, isn't there? I mean, think about it. If you were to just listen to the paragraph or two that I read, you could see a movie with holes. But the description that Tolkien gives when he says, not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat, you you have a picture in your mind, don't you? All jokes aside, I think the written word gives your mind the ability to imagine. Joey and I banter back and forth about the movies versus the books But in all seriousness, there is something about our minds, whether it's through the reading of fiction or something else, being expanded by having the ability to read words and then to think of the pictures, not pictures that we see on the screen, but pictures that we see in our mind's eye as we read these various descriptions. And we live in a time where our minds need to be increasingly engaged. We need to have the artwork that fills our minds be the artwork that sometimes comes from thinking about what we're reading versus just watching. Think about it. We live in a world where we watch everything, don't we? Oh, certainly we watch cars crossing the street as we're at a red light through our windshields. We watch our children play baseball. These are these are things that, of course, we watch, but I'm talking about the fact that we watch screens all the time. Increasingly, we live in a world where everything is pictured for us. And in a world where things are pictured for us, the deep-seated cynicism, which may take deep root into our souls, sometimes grows complacent. We just assume the world is going to provide a picture for us. And a lot of times it's a cynical picture. But we as Christians are called to be people of faith and people of hope. 
Even in Christian communities, sometimes we've grown cynical. A lot of times it's because our minds have not been enlarged, but a lot of times it's because, well, quite frankly, we've lost hope. We've lost faith. We've lost, if you will, the script of God's grand story. We are called to be wise. And yet, in one sense, we demonstrate sometimes that we can be some of the most cynical people. There's a difference in having an understanding that God's world is fallen and cursed and in need of new creation and living in that way versus walking around with our heads down, constantly assuming that we've already lost. Now, make no mistake, I don't think the goal of all things is every aspect of the world getting better before King Jesus comes. In fact, in many ways, quite the opposite. But I do think amidst all of that, We can enlarge our minds to the reality that we don't have to give way to cynicism. We don't have to be skeptical of every single thing. We don't have to think that every single person is out to get us. We don't have to think that there is nothing of truth, even in God's common grace, to be found in the world around us. No, our minds can be enlarged to the fact that King Jesus is on his throne, that he rules and reigns over all things, and that even in the unbelieving world, there are things that we can benefit from. Of course, We can just simply hear the psalmist in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows off his handiwork. Well, of course, there are wonderful things about our Lord that we can indeed learn from the scriptures, but that we can even ascertain from general revelation. But we live in a time where we're increasingly less open because perhaps for many of us, Everything has been shown to us, and our minds are not enlarged to the realities of things in ways that they could be. Do we picture hope, or do we just assume that if someone hasn't shown us what to think about it on a screen that day, that it's not available? The Bagginses had lived in the neighborhood of the hill for time out of mind, and people considered them very respectable, not only because most of them were rich, but also because they never had any adventures or did anything unexpected. You could tell what a Baggins would say on any question without the bother of asking him. This is a story of how a Baggins had an adventure and found himself doing and saying things altogether unexpected. He may have lost the neighbor's respect, but he gained, well, you will see whether he gained anything in the end. What Tolkien has just done there for us in the written word has caused our minds to leap with the question, what is it? What is it that we will see? Please tell us more. We want to see and we want to hear it so that our minds can be enlarged to see it. The screen you see is not enough. We want to hear words which incite in our minds and imaginations the possibility of hope. You see, that really is indeed what we need in our time, isn't it? Not necessarily only to read more fiction books by gifted writers like Tolkien and Lewis and people of bygone eras, but we need to have our minds enlarged as we picture things in hope because we live in a day of cynicism. Perhaps there is something to be said for reading about a Baggins, because in doing so, just perhaps, we'll picture things in ways that haven't been forced in the pictures and screens of this world, and it'll call us out of our cozy cynicism and skepticism into a greater degree of hope as we look to the true story 
of the Savior. Hopefully, Joey and I will be back with you in a week or two. Where you can hear once again Joey's deep southern accent and listen to us banter. Oh, and one disclaimer. No, this does not mean that I will give up the watching of The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings movies from time to time. All it means is we've thought about how to enlarge our minds together through fiction and perhaps other means. Mm -hmm.